Let's rock. Hello, yes, Dan Eisen here. This is the master of Tiger Style, Lee Moriarty, Dominic Green. This is Trey Lamar. This is Zoe Sky. This is Nick fucking Gage. This is Bobby Beverly, and you're listening to the IWTV Guide Podcast. And welcome to another edition of IWTV Guide, your guide to what's on independentwrestling.tv. I'm Jared J. Hawk Hawkins. Joining me as always, Waffle House and favorite podcaster, Charlie Butter. Yeah, I just uh, keep adding to the list of people that enjoy my podcasting abilities. Yeah, so I got a little friendly discussion with Barkley about Waffle House earlier this week. <laughs> he said he was craving Waffle House. I went, that's really not a good craving to have. And he go, like a good craving if you have taste buds. My thing is, it's not that I don't like Waffle House and the taste of Waffle House. Waffle House doesn't like my stomach. So I always feel like complete garbage the next day after I eat it. I love it. Yeah, I... uh I don't mind it. Like I just, I, when I went there uh Friday night, I made sure to eat, like I was traveling. So I was like, ah, oh, my stomach's kind of being weird. So I just like made sure to eat like toast, eggs, uh, hash browns, some bacon, nothing that would like that they could fuck up bad enough to give me food poisoning. So, <laughs> cause they had some other stuff that looked okay on the menu, but I was like, no, I better eat just some, some basic. So I'm all right. Hey, what, what's your hash brown order there? I just left it alone, just straight regular hash browns, and then I put ketchup all over them. No mother covered, chunked, cap, nothing like that? No. I didn't do anything special with them. I was going to have them throw cheese on. Like, when they asked me what I wanted to do with them, I was like, I don't know, maybe some cheese, but then I didn't, and I just had them, I just got them normal, and then I put ketchup on them. I wasn't. Yeah, I, I, I tend to go with the mothered covered and cap. Mm-hmm. Get the onion, get the cheese, get the mushroom. Good shit. Sounds good. I just, I don't know. It was late. <laughs> it was like midnight by the time we got there. So, yeah, the only thing fucking open while you do that on the way home from an on road trip. Yeah, it was a good time though. All right, what else going on? Well, you actually went to Terminal Combat on Friday while you're on the way home. Yes, I have not had a chance to see the show yet. It's not up on IWTV yet, as of this being Sunday. So yeah, it has. It's not up there yet. Yeah, I'm really up disappointed. I wouldn't been able to watch it before now anyway, but. <laughs> Yeah, the, the oldest graduated high school when it started like an hour before that show did like that was kind of more important. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely more important. Come think of more important than wrestling, believe it or not. It was a real fun show. Um, I, they, they had me like sat literally right across from hard cam. So you could see me the entire time. Nice. Uh, it was different. Um, the crowd there doesn't stand up for like entrances or anything. Like they, they sit pretty much the entire time, like no matter, unless they're told to move. Like if stuff spills outside the ring, which was weird to me. Cause I'm so used to with the AIW, you stand for entrances, you stand for the exits, that kind of thing. And they didn't do any of that. So I'm just like, okay, I'd be the weirdo standing constantly if I did this. So I'm just going to sit, I guess. And, and, and yeah. So read the room. Yeah. So, um, I got to see uh, a bunch of, uh, new people that I hadn't seen live before. Um, I got to, uh, say what's up to, uh, Dom. Of course he was there. Um, and then I got to, uh, hang out with Alex Kane for a couple minutes, uh, who I interviewed one of my first interviews. So that was real cool. Your thought on the terminal con, the terminal combat concept, now you can get it in action. They've did a lot of fun stuff with it. Um, I think the, the only thing I didn't like was John Wayne Murdoch had, uh, his match, like they added some comedy to it, but they didn't get to the terminal combat portion. He ended up losing, 
uh, getting knocked out right like a minute before it was terminal combat time. Mm. So I was kind of disappointed in that. Yeah, he would be the one guy on the card you would think that would make sure went to the terminal combat. Well, I mean, but besides him, I mean, you got Justice and Bev and all them. So, I mean, like they, they played around with the rules a little bit. So, like, there was a match. I want to say it was like the second or third match. Like, it literally was like just about to go to terminal combat and they got knocked out. Like, right as it was, like, there, which was cool. Like, there was times where, like, it got close or, like, it didn't make it to it, um, that kind of stuff. So, I mean, they, there was a nice mix of, like, everything in between. Um, a lot of fun stuff. I thought it was a really fun overall card. Like, it, was, it wasn't it was long, but, like, the, the way the breaks kind of, uh, ha- like, the intermission happened, it was, like, seven on one half and then the rest on the other, or eight on one half, the rest on the other. It was a little, like, disjointed. Um and I, as much as I like that these shows are like broadcast live on IWTV, I hate that the intermissions are so short because you can't get like very much done in that time. And it's like, so you got to like rush like you got to really figure out who's out there, like right before the, they go to intermission, figure out who, like your strategy of who you're going to go see, who you're going to go talk to real quick. Luckily, like everybody didn't wrap up right away after it was done. A lot of people stuck around for a bit. So you could make your way around and talk to different people. Like I got to go talk to Chad French. And a couple different people. I talked to Gary, one of the owners, um, bullshit with him for a little bit, and now that kind of stuff. So it wasn't terrible. Yeah, that that the one downside to the streaming. It, sometimes they even don't have like the show in the review today didn't even have an intermission. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, if I go to a show, I kind of want to link that break. Like I can stretch my leg, go to the bathroom without feeling like I'm I'm ignoring somebody. Right. But yeah, overall, I thought it was fine. It was. Um, it was an experience. I'd, I'd probably go again, the, but if I'm going to make these long trips like this anymore, I got to start getting a hotel room. And like, I can't go there, be at a show for four hours, turn around, come back. It sucks. It sucks so bad the next day, every fucking time now. And it's just, I don't want to do it anymore. I, I'm only 34, but I feel, I feel like I'm too fucking old to be doing that. That sucks. Yeah. How do you think I feel coming to these long trip? Uh huh. So I don't know. I've, was invited to go to King of the Death matches that weekend out there. I don't know what's going on yet with that. I may or may not do it. I don't know yet. Um, I do know, like, we have AIW coming up in June, and then they just announced uh, a double shot at the end of July. So probably going to stick around here for a bit. I don't know. SCI is in August down in Tennessee. That might be an option, maybe, because that one I go to, you would actually have to drive down and stay. But yeah, it's like a nine-and-a-half-hour drive, so I don't know. Maybe if I can get a flight from uh, from like Cleveland to uh, Atlanta or something, because then it's only like a two hour drive from Atlanta to there. I don't know. At least you're not trying to go to weird places like Davenport, Iowa, or that don't have direct <laughs> right. flight. Right. Yeah, I actually got invited to go to the uh, the Trigo Hall of Fame in Iowa in July. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, cool. What weekend? That I'll go. At my fucking daughter's graduation party, I'm like, yeah, if I go to that, my fiance ain't going to kill me. Like, I'm either gonna, never going to be allowed home or I'm going to die. Why are you having a graduation party so late in the year? Talk to my oldest on that. That was her call. Like, you literally graduate and then have the party within a month's time. Like, why are you doing it three months later? What the hell is that? Because her one aunt lived in Florida and we were trying to make sure everything was opened up so that they could come up. Uh, I, I Florida's been open since, like, last year. What, what does that have to do with anything? Well, at the time we planned that Ohio wasn't going to open up yet, nor was there an announcement of when Ohio was going to open up yet. I don't, I, I have no echo in the decision making process here. All I know is if I end up missing the fucking party, I may as well not come home. I don't know if you don't have a decision, and then you're like, I don't have a decision. I got to go do this other thing. Sorry. 
Yeah, if, if I would have gotten the offer before I was told the day of the party, that probably would have been what happened. But <laughs> I'm already getting yelled at for going to Vegas in September for Cauliflower Alley. It really don't matter. All they're doing that September now? Uh, they they had to keep pushing it back until things opened up, but Vegas will be fully opened up on June 1st. So. Okay. All right, man. Let's get into uh, what's on IWTV this week. All right. What's on IWTV? Okay, so Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, we got New South Pro Wrestling, Action Clash, episode 37. And at 10 o'clock, we got AIW, Go For Broke, episode 8. Wednesday, May 26th at 7 p.m. Eastern, Limitless Wrestling, The Road, season 3, episode 14. Followed by at 10 p.m., Paradigm Pro Wrestling, No Hook, season 2, episode 2. Thursday, May 27th at 8 p.m. Eastern, Time Bomb Pro Wrestling, Survival never goes out of style. And uh, Dom and Koo have a match on that uh, card, actually. They're, they have an open challenge, so that'll be interesting. Let's see what happens there. Uh, Sunday, May 30th at 4 p.m. Eastern, Sean Henderson presents Birthday Blast. And that's what's on IWTV this week. All right. Got some good stuff at hallway. And we don't talk about it on, on this show very much, but everybody check out Reckling Cheer every week. Charlie Butter get on there reviewing Go For Broke, along with Jay Gold. And of course, that was Justin Cummer, and they're come very interesting conversation, even if they don't always pick up on the blooper. Yeah, you know, uh, I sometimes I'm just I'm I'm there, but I'm not there for every every bit of it. Like he's doing his thing, I'm like trying to look over my notes, make sure I got what I want down, that kind of thing. So I'm not 100 percent paying attention to what he's talking about in his opening because it usually doesn't change. So, right. But yeah. All right. Uh, well, I guess. Uh, Guess who got some mail this week? Oh, did we get more letters from Levi? I got another letter, so let's uh, let's open this one up. Letters from Levi. All right, so I sent him a question. I said, you know, would you ever do a death match with light tubes? And he responded, Charles, to be honest, it would be very interesting. But it's not just myself in there, so even if I say no, light tubes... They, they might still end up in the match at some point. That was that was the whole letter, so... Yeah, I mean, he's not wrong. Like, if, you, if you're if you going to be in a match with Nick Gage, and Nick Gage wants you to light tube, you're looking for fucking light tube. I mean... Yeah, so we got a couple more weeks here. I got a couple more questions I got lined up for him. So hopefully those ones will be a little bit longer. Uh, we'll get a little bit more out of the segments, so... But yeah, that, uh, yeah. All right, we do want to thank Levi Everett for old-fashioned letter... Yeah, I'm going to hang these on my wall someday, you know. Tell my kids about them. I'm not having kids. That's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> you're, you're, you're often going to have a bunch of autographed pictures and then a bunch of random letter from Kamamish, dude. Yes. And I'll be like, what the fuck was this guy into? <laughs> Half-naked dudes and Amish guys. What the fuck? All right. It's that time. The Weekly Review. And this week, we're reviewing Women's Wrestling Revolution Plus. Let's talk about wrestling. Held on May 15th in conjunction with Beyond Wrestling. And this took place at the White Eagle in Worcester, Massachusetts. Your commentary team, which did a great job throughout the show, Paul Crockett and Alicka Marino. Yes, I was very impressed with them. I believe it's the first time I've heard them together, and uh, they knocked it out of the park. I thought even like their um references to certain things like flowed real well and didn't stand out as like you know and uh, as some people would say like an eyesore like when you know or like being annoying when they would like 
reference pop culture things. Everything flowed really well. So, Or like when we reviewed Mick Reckling on the old podcast and they had a fork <laughs> Mick McDonald reference in every fucking match. It was funny. <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and get into it here. And it was our opening match, Davey N against Domi Echo. Really good stuff for the opener here. Yeah, this was a hot opener. Yeah, they... They started out feeling each other out very quickly, counter after counter after counter, and a near fall after near fall after near fall. So they're going for it right off the bat. Uh, at one point, Davian starts mocking Delmi Echo, offering her hand to help her up, and Delmi takes her hand and then clap her in the face. Nice little touch there. Yeah, these two uh, definitely left it all out there. Surprisingly enough, Delmi Echo was the more aggressive one in this match. I would have expected the other way around, mm-hmm. especially after the the mocking and the clap. But yeah, no no complaint with that being the case. Yeah, kind of just kind of threw me off. Uh, they used the playing card to give paper cut between the fingers. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember that happening. That, that that's definitely a thing that happened <laughs> in front of the ref, no less. The ref did see it. Yeah, I'm going to get the more though relaxed rules that never get mentioned. I, I don't know, honestly. Uh, I think that was really the only thing I really noticed throughout that was like a thing i don't know yeah honestly that was uh, honestly i think i think you're right i think that really wasn't the only thing okay go davian eventually got control of the kamoa drop uh had control for a little while there domi echo actually avoided a cooperplex and came off the rope with a flying drop kick that cut up the double down yep and they still went about another five kick minutes after the double down in this one yeah, and uh, I thought, you know, like, for the, this match being as long as it was, it didn't feel like it was that long. No. Like it, it was really, it felt really quick. Yeah, okay. lots lot of good stuff here. Uh, we actually had a, we actually had a sleeper hole with the arm drop, which can, like, touch. You don't see that much anymore. I had a, Domi Echo had a rolling capo kick at one point, and David had to grab the rope to, to avoid getting pinned. And Domi Echo cut off the middle turnbuckle pad. Again, <laughs> she's not the one I would have expected to be the aggressor here and to do something like that. She paid for it in the end, though. She did. Yeah, it wound up. She wound up trying to charge a Davian and missed. Hit the both turnbuckle and then a kind of a drop kick, a sliding drop kick for the pin. Yeah, she sliding drop kicked her into the post and then pulled her out and got the pin on her. Yeah, she she does that. She's I've seen her do that before. That's a gross looking move. Yeah, she hits it on the right person. It, it looks gross. Yep. Eighteen minutes and eight seconds for the opening match. Longer than you would expect the opening match to be. Normally, I would pay too long for an opener, but no, not this time. Looking great. I enjoyed looking a lot. Yeah, uh, and it was uh, just just the start, man. There was there's a couple matches that were a little bit longer on the card, and they were all really fun. And they didn't feel like none of these matches felt like they were super long. Like no. they all felt really well done, and they were really like they felt they flowed really well. They weren't long. They were uh, not short, but you know what I mean. Like they just they flowed well enough that it was like it was, oh it's over okay. Yep. All right, from there, we have Tina and Antonio taking on Riley Shepard. And Riley Shepard became my new favorite uh, female wrestler after seeing this show. Yeah, uh, yeah. first time I've seen either one of these ladies, to my knowledge. Fun little matchup here, though. Yes, uh, she was announced as the gladiator of the geeks, and uh, she came into this match with plus three willpower and plus six strength. And uh, that made me laugh hysterically. And they, they had lots of references to, like, her cosplaying and all that kind of stuff. And then she impressed in the ring, too. So it wasn't like it was just, like, the 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 few, like the sword she came out with, that kind of stuff. She came and she brought it, too. Like, she was really well-versed uh, in the ring. So Yeah, definitely some good stuff here. Uh, Tina Antonio definitely the heel in this match. She poked the eye to get the advantage. And she's cheating a little bit. She's controlling the pay. Arrogant cover throughout. 
Yeah, and then she, she can tell she's starting to get frustrated. She's trying to get the pin, even though they were getting covered. She, you know, Shepard kicking out. She's getting angry with it. Mm-hmm. And that wound up leading to a mistake, which led to Shepard come back and Shepard get the pin. Yeah, nine oh one on the on the uh, on my stopwatch there. So, yeah. yeah, this was this was a fun fun ten minute match. It was it wasn't bad. Yeah, and yeah, and a nice nice pace to it. Yep. Right, and from there we get the battle of the Crunchy Pal, Becca versus Erica Lee. Now Erica Lee was somebody that I saw recently with. Um, I was it was I guess it was last year. It wasn't that recent um, when we watched a Camp Lee Frog show. And I really enjoyed her work, and she's—I mean, she's gotten even better since then. I mean, it's in just like what six, seven months. So, yeah, and I've, I've seen Becca before too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we—I think we saw her on the Limitless show we reviewed. Yeah. So, yeah, this was uh, this was really good too. This is another longer match, and it still didn't feel like it. It was like blinking you was—it was over. It felt like. And look, and it's fun here, but they're taking a handshake, and Becca kind of like, I really don't want to shake your hand. I'm like, I'll come on, we're friends. Then they shake hands, and then Erica go, I don't want to beat you, though. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I like that. Like, okay, we're friends. We'll get along after this match, but I'm coming. I'm trying. going to go after you. Right. <laughs> I'm not going to let you win. We're going <laughs> to. Right. And it started off like a fun little scientific baby fake match. And then all of a sudden, Becca hit Cooper kick. She started to cheat. And then she took Erica Crunchy. Yeah, you don't do that. You don't do that. Your friend, your crunchy pal. You don't take each other crunchy. Be like ripping off a friendship break in the middle of a match. Like what the hell? Okay. Uh some really nice stuff throughout here though. Erica hit the spear into a roll up, which was really nice. Then then keep the advantage very long off of it. Lee finally uh got a comeback uh after a miss moon call. Night shining wickard. One of the better ones I've seen in a while. Yeah. I think uh I want to say we've seen it before, and we praised it before as well. Probably have. Yeah. Uh, Becca broke out the Muda Lock, which popped me. Yeah, oh, you, it's nice to see the Muda Lock still being utilized here yeah. and there. And there was one point, there were there was a Mickle drop kick that I get connected. <laughs> it didn't look like it connected, but they called it like, but they both called it like it connected. Even commentary were kind of like, "What happened here?" Like, they're, ah, like she didn't get all of it. That's what we'll just say she didn't get all of it, but you know, it was enough. It got enough for a two count. It was enough for a two count. Okay. They end up fighting over the crunchy, and then leave Erica Lee getting the pin with the spear. 17 minutes and 41 seconds. Yeah, she has a good spear. Yeah, yeah again, did not feel like 18 minutes at all. The, yeah, I would have thought I would have thought 8 to 10 had I not been timing it. Right. Really good stuff here. And then after the match, Becca offered Erica the crunchy back. They're crunchy pal again. All look great in the world. <laughs> All right, and from there, we go to Little Mean Kathleen versus Kaya McKenna. I don't remember anything from this match. Not to be rude, I just I don't remember anything from this match. Yeah, I I honestly don't have a lot of notes on it either. Uh, McKenna got leaked inch taller. She used that to her advantage early on. I, I'm going to correct myself here. This is where they did the sleeper hole with the arm drop. They okay. didn't do the arm drop of the earlier match. It was the one they did it on. And then it wound up being Kathleen getting a pin with a fisherman couplet in 850. That's all I noted on the match. And the match was fine. Nothing stood out, but the match was fine. There's nothing wrong with the match. Yeah, I just, I don't, nothing, yeah, I don't remember it. Right, so from there, we get our mixed tag team match of the evening. The king of the district, Jordan Blade and Eel O'Neal, against the outfielder of Boomer Hatfield and Molly McCoy. I love both these teams, so I, I didn't care who won, because I, I enjoy both teams a lot, so I was like, this is just a fun match to uh, sit back and enjoy. And there was a lot of fun stuff in this. And the, there's still a part of me that's nothing like the fact of a Hatfield and McCoy teaming up. I, just, I, I just have to throw that out there. But 
Uh, before the match, the higher Kaidi come out and they cut a promo. Mm-hmm. And the help mic really was not the best here. Quite really didn't catch a lot of what they got on the promo. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. But I know that they were, I guess they were watching to see who, you know, who they might be facing next. So, okay, but that's, that's what I got out of it. Yeah, but got some good stuff here. They paired off early, like you would expect in a tag match. Eventually, it's Molly McCoy at the, I got baby fake and peril. They weren't really healed and fake, and it was just two teams. But. Right. But McMullen McCoy was the one who was basically in trouble for the most part until she got the hot tag. Other than the match breaks down, which you all don't expect in the tag match anymore. Yep. It's all four guys, all four competitors in there yeah, having a, having a match. Match ends with a combination code red. Molly McCoy pinning Jordan Blade, 12-29. Yeah, yeah. Was it, was it the code red that, that, that did it? A combination code red, and then McCoy hit Jordan Blade with the capo kick. I remember them doing that, but I, did, I thought she kicked out after that. The capo kick and what actually got the pin. It was, and that came after the code red. Okay. I thought that they did a combination move similar to that at some other point in the match, and I thought it didn't get the pin because I think it, her shoulder was up like pretty much right away after. I don't know. Here, you're probably right. Yeah, I just watched it this afternoon, I, but like my memory is still terrible. I've been tired all day, so I don't know. Can't remember. I remember like a handful of stuff from each match somewhat. Like I tried to, I tried to write some notes, but like I literally like after the one thing, I didn't even write any more notes. So after the match, higher society come in, like they're going to congratulate the outfielder, extend the hand, and then the guys not to do the handshake and walk off. So they, I'm assuming it's going to be a match at the next WWR Plus show. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Which they gave a date for, and I didn't write the date down. So I'm going to apologize for that. I know they announced it June mm-hmm. something, I think. But all right, from there we have Kennedy Copeland against Jody Threat. Yeah, this I, I did uh, have one big note on, um, but it, uh, you might have some other stuff, but it took place on the outside. It was a pretty big moment on the outside that just looked brutal. <laughs> what, do you, what, what are you referring to? Uh, the stalling suplex by Jody Threat that ended with the suplex onto the wooden floor that just sounded gross. Night, yeah, that was really nice. Uh, the only other thing I really have is they did a drop toe hold onto a chair on the floor as well. Yeah. And so most of the match was on the floor. Yeah, this is a little bit more of a different feel. Like, they, they kind of went out in the crowd and did some stuff. And, yeah, it was a little bit, you know, it was doing something different. Not everybody was out already out there doing stuff, so why not, you know? Yeah, that's it. If if, if it happens one or twice on a show, it's fine. When it happens every match, you start having issues right. with it. Right. It was Jody's threat getting a one-arm powerbomb for the win in about eight minutes. And good stuff, college stuff. It's just, uh, most of it was on the floor because really not a lot we could really note about. Right. Uh, and Jody Threat now being back in the States after being in Canada for most of the pandemic. So Yeah. All right. From there, we've got our my final match. I'm going to bush the one butcher the one name. I'm, I'm going to apologize for that. I watched the show on like Wednesday, and I forgot how it spread out. But with Megan Bain against Ashley. Damn boys. Damn boys. Damn boys. Damn bois. Something like that. Damn bois. Man, that sounds right. I, yeah, I'm going to apologize. I wrote, I wrote Ashley down like all the way down after that. But Megan Bain, though, another standout to me. Yeah, she reminds me like she has the body type of like China, and she just she just has this presence. Like she just she towered over Ashley, and she just she just has this presence. Like holy shit! Yeah, I, I'm interested to see more of her. Yeah, I believe she just did some AEW dark stuff not too long ago too, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, because she's on the radar. Yeah. And the good stuff here, again, it's mostly Bane in control. You can have, you can have height advantage to, you know, 
to her advantage. Ashley had the had the had the nice looking comeback. Uh the nickname and the finishing move are the game. It was the mega kick for the pin in Kevin Minnick and twenty seven seconds. Yeah, this was uh this wasn't too bad. But let's talk about this main event. Yeah, that's the reason why I wanted to do the show overall. Trisha Dora, Willow Nightingale. The original main event was Trisha Dora versus Edith Surreal. Fortunately, Edith Surreal's out with a concussion, uh, so she's taking her time to heal from that. Uh, but we got Willow Nightingale, and Willow Nightingale fucking brought it. Oh, yeah. She fucking hammered the shit out of Trisha Dora. She hit that DVD on the ring apron that was just gross. She just, I mean, holy shit, she came to play. And, I mean, this was this was a hell of a match. This you could put on. I'd put up against almost any men's match this year. This was fucking awesome. Oh, absolutely. Uh, they had a test of strength in the early going. That went the longest test of strength I've seen in a year. <laughs> even, in back, even in back and forth there. Uh, Willow Nightingale got a nice pound, although... I mean, she she's taking note from Twan Tucker. I had to get a little bit more on it, <laughs> but I was still nice. Like I'm not I'm not knocking it at all. Uh, there was a spot uh, with rolling v- rolling vertical couplet into a fisherman couplet. Got a near fall. That was nice. I love. I know I've had it before, but I love Willow Nightingale version of the FTF. She went kind of like an Indian death lock hooked in before she dunked it. It's not really a Muda lock, but it's not really an FTF kind mm-hmm. of in between. I love her version of it. We call camel clutch at one point in this match. Uh, Trisha Dora did a judo throw into a near fall and then locked cattle mutilation out of it. So, all kinds of great stuff here. Yeah, Trisha Dora, like, starting to show up on Ring of Honor is just, like, one of their smartest moves possible because she could definitely carry a women's division. She's fucking awesome. Oh, absolutely. Uh, they they spent, like, 45 seconds changing weight lock before somebody finally got a takedown off of it. You The DVD on the apron you mentioned earlier. Uh, Willow missed a moon call that led to Trisha Dora having a hard time getting the countermutilation locked in, but she did find the lock it in again and got the commission win in 1549. And then after the match, we get a little interaction with Davian and Trisha Dora. Trisha Dora leaving the ring and Davian out there applauding, kind of. Yeah. Is she actually congratulating her or is she like mocking scouting, her? With yeah, it? scouting it out. Oh. Don't know. We'll find out, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I, I got to get the. the Two best matches of the show bookended them. They opened over on a clover. I have a hard time picking between the two, which of the two of my favorite. But I, I, I think that this was, this was a really good sandwich with the peak of bread being incredible. <laughs> yeah, this. Uh, I'm glad we did this show. Like uh, when I saw, I watched the main event live, and I was like, oh man, I was like, we need to review the show. This was a lot of fun, and everybody else was raving about the rest of the card. I'm like, okay, this could be a fun show to do. It wasn't super long. It's only like two hours and something like that. Two, just under two and a half. Yeah. So I mean, it was it was good stuff. So okay, and and okay, like I I see a lot of stuff on Twitter when corporate wrestling gone. Why aren't the women getting more time? Why aren't the women getting more time? And and some cases it's just well, the women's division in the company aren't as good as you really think they are. Right. But there's still a lot of great unkind female talent. Yeah, this definitely proved that. Like that, there's still. A plethora of uh, talent out there on the indies that uh, you know is hungry and and can go. And I mean, I think we're gonna see this weird resurgence because of COVID. Like a lot of people didn't wrestle during COVID, and we only saw you know the handful of companies actually do stuff. And now that everything's starting to open back up, all there's gonna be all these people that were on the verge of debuting last year that didn't get a chance to because of COVID that are now going to start popping up and just start killing it and doing all kinds of crazy things. Or we're on the verge of like breaking out. Now they're going to just break out of nowhere. It's going to seem like, but they were on that verge and that momentum 
in late 2019, early 2020 before everything went to shit. And now we're going to start seeing all these people start popping up and just fucking doing incredible things. So I'm here for it. Yeah, and and we, we mentioned Megan Bain and Trisha Dora being looked at by a bigger company. Right. I know they're not the only one. Well, Nightingale, I know, make, make me EW appearance frequently. Right. I mean, the Lonnie Clady are on the radar, and good for the Bithnick and Cahol. Uh, could be bad for independent wrestling. Too many of them getting snatched up at once, but it's, it's such a, a weird thing. Like, you know, there used to be people that like you had your top dogs on the independents that would be there for, you know, five years before any companies would, or before the big companies would look at them. And then it was like, okay, it's their time. They're finally going to go, but they're just so like hungry for talent now that they're like, they're not even getting to that main event status before they're getting plucked and going to, to WWE and like, or if they do, it's like they win all these belts, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, they got to drop them all like two months later because they got signed. So yeah. it's like one of those things. It's like I don't know if it's the best thing for them to be doing that because they're, it's not that it hurts the indies, but it's like there's it's hard to keep building stars for for everybody to keep building these stars and then them going away almost instantaneously as soon as they hit that popularity to go on to these other companies and then toil away for, for, you know, so many years. And then all of a sudden they come back and it's like, Oh, well, remember this person they're back now. Cause WWE did nothing with them for, you know, four years of their contract. The other issue you're running into here. And I know I've been mentioned on other podcasts recently is there, there are only so many veterans that are really on the independent circuit right now. Mm-hmm. And if, because some of these girls aren't getting the chance to really work with veterans and they're getting caught up so early, at, at some point, it's just going to just dry up and no one's going to be good enough to really deserve that spot. Right. And that's not an knock on any of the effort that any of these ladies are going to put in. Just you need to be able to work with some veterans and learn from working with those veterans. Right, exactly. All right, but anyway, thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle. Thumbs up, easy. We've had a lot of thumbs up shows lately, and I'm here for it. You know what? That's the thing. Uh, we we want to watch wrestling that we're going to enjoy, so I'd rather have thumbs up shows, 52 shows in a row, than have any thumbs down shows because that's not what we're about we, we're not about shitting on companies like we want to be positive as best as we can on everything absolutely uh and an objective and i mean we have you know our times where like we we nitpick certain things and you know promoters come talk to us about it and like that that's what we want like come tell us you know like, hey this is what actually was going on so like nothing crazy we haven't had any like real big issues but you know just yeah, I, I, we try to be as positive as possible with everything. So. Yeah, yeah. I, our biggest thing was with New Tech a few weeks ago, and he had Catherine Cut. Hey, I'll come on the show, and and and, and he did, and we talked about, about it, and it was all good. Yeah. I mean, it was literally just, we we didn't know why somebody would be there, but then when he explained why, I was like, oh, that makes sense. That's yeah. all we wanted. Yeah. And that's what we got. So, I mean, it's I like being positive about this. There's there's just enough fucking negativity on Twitter. So why don't you get your plugs in, homie? Let's uh, let's take this home. Okay, uh, I am actually starting to get inquiry come up booking, so hopefully I'll have something official here in the near future for you. In the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter at RefJayhawk, Facebook and Instagram at Jayhawk1539, and then Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash RefJayhawk. All right, and please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to us, and don't forget about our merch store over at whatamaneuver.net. And check out our podcast friends, Wrestling Cheers, Pod Van Dam, the Super Fantastic Podcast, and If You Catch My Grift. And our other friends, PWPonderings.com, Big Starks Brands, Setab Photo, Smokin' Jay's Barbecue, Kayfabe Collectibles. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Charlie underscore Butters. And you can find this podcast on Twitter and Instagram at IWTV Guide. Wear your mask. Black Lives Matter. Talk to you next week, everyone. Mm-hmm.
is our generation we need conversation in a nation with no communication a little easy baking we're kind of lost yeah but we're on a break man rachel and ross said we're going down with the ship leonardo put on your box and your docks and we'll kick it at the bar no cash but we turn it up to tender fam i'm just trying to get super smash nintendo <laughs> so la di do Chilling on the rooftop, s'mores and bright stalls. Where's some more what? You're killing me, smalls. You're killing me, smalls. We're going down with the ship, Leonardo. Put on your box and your docks, and we'll kick it at the bar. No cash, but we turn it up to ten. Fam, I'm just trying to get Super Smash Nintendo. So let it up, what hell of fun. Do you got a Tamagotchi? Like a real Tamagotchi Cause you know I Tamagot you If you Tamagot me Oh no, it died! So light it up, what hell of a for the 90s.